The year is 1999. I'm Dave. I'm Zach. And this is My Marvelous Year. Variant cover. year podcast from reading club where we go through the history of marvel comics from its origins to today we are up to 1999 this is our first variant cover of the year taking a break in between the reading lists you can find all the comics that we're reading as part of the club in the show notes if you back us over at patreon.com slash my marvelous year you can also get access to the full spreadsheet updated currently through 2010 Okay, that's where the list went originally. I got a question recently, Zach. Hmm. I got a oh, spoiler, spoiler. Just announced my just announced my guest host. Oops, oh. oops, a daisy. <laughs> sorry, must be sorry pain, everyone. Must be the pain meds I'm on. I'm joined today by a very special guest. Um, he is the only person I I know that has read John Burns Hulk, and I wanted to have a little talk about that. John Burns 1999 Hulk run. So I brought in. I sent out a flyer. I sent an email. I said, and, Hey, Zach. I don't, I don't know if you've heard of <laughs> my marvelous year. Uh, it's this podcast I started. Uh, it's this reading club I run, and um, and I wonder if you take a little little bit of time to come join and talk about John Burns Hulk. So everybody, welcome Zach Dean. Uh, and conversely, I have been uh, since ever since I read this comic as a child, uh, I have been looking for a podcast to star on to talk to me about this experience. So finally, the uh, the stars aligned, and I'm I'm glad to Which be is, here. Which is that's a hard thing. That is a hard thing to find when you just want to be a guest mm-hmm. to star on yeah. an episode. You know, um, you know how they have like like Haro. Is like help a reporter out, you know. You can you can set up like, oh, I'm an expert on comic books, and then like journalists can reach out to you and ask you questions. I don't know that they have that for. Po- they, I'm sure there's a service now mm-hmm. that exists, um, but the reason I'm talking about it is like, tell me about that service because I am desperate to guest on some podcasts as well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know what? Actually, Zach, you know what? I've actually been thinking about. Mm. Um, okay, listen, okay. we've had listen. guests. <laughs> we've had guests on this podcast uh-huh. yes we've had i think i think we can confirm that that is true mm-hmm. we've had yep. some great guests from some great programs sure. not a lot of reciprocal invites zach mm. not a lot of reciprocal mm. hey we'd love to have you as well now there's two ways you could <laughs> Just there's airing <laughs> out our bitterness i'm gonna air right. out the listen okay. i'm on pain meds i had a weird week i was in the hospital <laughs> like things are just gonna things are gonna fly out of my mouth and and we'll see what's if the filter catches them um zach two ways you could look at this one we're we're not actually that good at this <laughs> and uh-huh. and there's a reason we haven't been invited back okay that's an option i choose to ignore that option option two People are intimidated. Oh, that's they're oh, intimidated. That's it. that's it. I didn't think about it before, but that's definitely it. I think they're that's intimidated sure. by the size of of you specifically. <laughs> that's <rude. Okay. laughs> You're so big. Okay. Um, Thank you. And then and then uh, you know they're they're intimidated by what seems like such a professional, incredible podcast, mm-hmm. and they're like, well, they must be too busy to come join my larger podcast mm. don't you don't you think that that's that's probably what's happening yeah that's definitely true and i mean yeah i mean it, it, 
looking at you, Tiffany, if you're listening, Tiffany Babb, she's been on the show twice. I mean, we're really trying. <laughs> I, I've now, invited now, her to I will my excuse, home. I, I will I excuse those who don't have their own podcast. Yeah, but she at this point, uh, she should have started one to invite me on it, I think would have been the polite thing to do. That's uh, true. That's fair. Now, Tiffany has given me work uh, writing for popverse.com, uh, so I, I I'm a little is. more lenient in that specific example. Mm, okay. All right. Well, uh, the flip side of this, Dave, and I don't know if you know this, is I have been on other people's podcasts, uh, and I did not invite them back onto our show. <laughs> so. But but that was probably pretty intentional, right? Like that in, in the Oh, yeah. It was an me, insult. I mean, aren't, I, I meant are there... it as an insult, yes. Well, I mean, didn't you kind of go and you were like, I, I actually didn't think that podcast was that great. And then, you, you know, you didn't invite them. Uh, yeah, I mean, the subject matter didn't really mesh. and Subject matter doesn't yeah. mesh. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Um, um, all I'm yeah. saying, all I'm saying, Zach, is I, I'm, very, I'm a very grudgeful person. <laughs> <laughs> and I do feel slighted that we've seen so few reciprocal invites. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that on tape. Okay. I'm actually um, trying to think. I, like... I think that's kind of lame. I think that's kind of lame. It's definitely something that I want to internalize because I've had the same experience of going on people's shows and I have not invited them back. So, so it's actually more for me as like, okay, I should reach out to those people. Mm. And, I, I'm thinking you know, it's just, it, it just like... seems like the, the proper podcast <laughs> etiquette. Right. I, I, I guess so. But then again, if someone writes you and says, Hey, do you want to come on my podcast? Uh, I saw you got a thing. Uh, like, and you say, hmm, yeah, I guess, you know, it might be some kind of small podcast, but I'll go and I'll maybe get us a few listeners. Like, that's kind of usually, I mean, sometimes there's a podcast where you'd be like, oh, that sounds like fun. Like, I want to go on that show. But a lot of times it shows you haven't heard of and you look it up and you're like, oh, okay, well, maybe I'll go on there and some of their listeners will come over to us. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But that doesn't necessarily mean you, you know, like, just because somebody's offering you a chance to advertise, I, I, I guess, like, you, <laughs> you would want to do the same thing. Uh yeah, I don't know. Yeah, because th- I was thinking, like, have we had that many podcasters on? No, we have. <laughs> We've had a fair amount. And you're all on yeah. notice. Uh, I, I don't care about this. You're actually. all on notice. Yeah, that's, I, all I, I, that's all I wanted to say. Going on, Listen, going I, can on tell me, I can tell this is making you uncomfortable, and I'm I'm on enough opioids that it's not. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, thing, the other thing about it, though, is I barely have, like, the energy for this podcast. So, like, going on other podcasts, the idea of it, like... It's, that's the it's, that's the irony is if you asked me I'd be like I do not have time no thank you. <laughs> yeah right like half the declinations I get when I send out invitations to podcasts are just like I'm just busy man <laughs> you know yeah. like I yeah, yeah. I'm not really opposed to the idea I'm just kind of busy and like reading all those comics and then showing up for your thing like it's a lot of work uh, especially our podcast that comes with work right like here read yeah we have a homework podcast of, yeah of podcasts or comics first anyway all right. Uh, all right. I'm glad I don't. I forget already where I was actually gonna go, but I'm glad I got that off my desk. <laughs> okay, because I'm glad. It's, it's really been eating at me. <laughs> you know, it's not been eating at me. Uh, the Marvel Six One Six Hulk, because he's less. Of a no, I'm not segueing into that. The great reviews we've gotten on Apple Podcasts lately. We've had three oh, okay. this month that were really nice. Uh, I'm not gonna read them all because each of them are several paragraphs, or at least a paragraph. But uh, are you gonna read the? Are you gonna read the good one though? Yeah, well, Azalinski twenty two, Nosum one twenty two, and best nickname ever. Uh, thank you for your reviews. And then, yeah, Nosum one twenty two title. It's great, but we got to talk about one Zach take. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great podcast, but I got to address the elephant in the room. For the vast majority of this pod, I had, I have, I have agreed with all of Zach's takes. 
We are both oh. insufferable leftist film bros who read way too many indie <laughs> comics. He gets a lot. To be fair, Dave reads way more indie comics than I do. He gets a lot of heat for it, but I also think insuffer- Invincible is insipid trash. So I was shocked to my core when he did not like the closest thing to insufferable leftist indie Gonzo, a major studio will ever give us. James Gunn's mm-hmm. masterpiece, The Suicide Squad. Yeah. I don't know if I will ever trust and or love again after this betrayal. Seriously, though, keep up the great work. One of the best <laughs> pieces of comic review content out there. Thank you, Nosem. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's very thank you. That's very nice review. to get the Team Zach uh, things. It's not on here. I guess Invincible, I must have talked about. Or not Invincible. My Ultimate Year, I must have talked about Invincible a lot more. Because <laughs> on that podcast... Well, you've talked about it on, on this show, for sure. But it's like one out of every four reviews mentions Invincible on uh, My Ultimate Year. So like oh, okay, I, that does seem high. Yeah, yeah, it must have been like early episodes. I talked about it or something because it, it's a yeah. lot over there <laughs> compared to my marvelous here. Um, yeah, I want to read it again. I, I hope we hit that Patreon goal someday because uh, I'd be curious to reevaluate. Yeah, I'm a li- I'm a little intrigued. You know, I am. Um, I like the idea of you getting the rep as like the indie comics guy. Like that. That's definitely not <laughs> what I think of you as. Yeah, no, you no, know, no. like because you're not. You, you don't often come to me at least as the person who's like. Well, all right, some more Marvel comics, but man, if you read the latest Daniel Klaus, mm-hmm, like, you know, right, are, are yeah. you checking out what's coming out of Fantagraphics? Like, I actually don't think that's generally your attitude. Not that you don't probably like some of. Those I mean, things. I go as indie as like most of the time, Image and Boom. You know, like, and I, I yeah, yeah, I do read those, but most of the time, it's spurred on by your best of the comics list, best of the year lists. You know, I read those and then I go, oh, I'll check that out. So, like, you know, you're you're definitely way more obviously because of your. Uh, comic book herald you're immersed in that much more than i am yeah i've no, been reading I th- I this year I, I haven't read my my anything, tastes run so. a lot more diverse than um than probably my marvelous year lets on yeah yeah i mean go if, if anyone who listens to your other podcast you know in the the wide array of reviews or interviews you do over there would show that but yeah this year i i don't i mean i dropped all my like floppy subscriptions um I don't think I've read a twenty twenty two. I am so close to doing the same. Yeah, I am so close to doing this. It's just like it's such a flippin' chore Mm -hmm. to go pick up comic books, and I hate that it feels that way, Uh and I feel so guilty about it Uh from a supporting a local (laughs) comic shop perspective. Yeah, Yeah. and just like as a fan, but it's like I I can't even tell you the last time I read floppies. Mm -hmm. It just isn't. I'm just reading so much from the library. I'm reading so much digitally. Anyway, we don't have to do that whole thing. But I just, I, I'm very close to doing the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just, it's also expensive. <laughs> That's the other thing. It's yeah, expensive. No, and, and then, then I'm spending beca- money on it. And then it's like yeah. something to store, you know, and I can't just throw it up on the shelf like a trade paperback uh, or a hardcover. It's like, something, so. if I, if, if I didn't feel guilty <laughs> towards the else, it's, it's like classic Peter Parker syndrome, yeah, you know, yeah. it's like the guilt is driving every aspect of this decision none of it makes sense anymore (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah it's just like one more day Uh, you that's why when you get to one more day you're going to reevaluate and go god i feel just like that well and the fact that the fact that mephisto was like you can have your comics collection or you can stay married you know it's like that that decision should not weigh on you as much Mm. (laughs) (laughs) as as it has God, I have to. I'm gonna have to go back and edit that out. You just spoiled that. No one will want to know that. Oh, you're time. right. You're right. Cool. Is that even possible to spoil at this point? I, I'm sure it is for our yeah. club. Yeah, I didn't know it when I read club. it. I knew true, it had a bad rap. Spoiler but, avoiders. Yeah. Um, speaking well, of, it is cl- also old at this point. You know, eh, kind of. Like, I guess 15 like, years, man. I know it doesn't feel like that old. Speaking of collected editions, have you been seeing the seeing the like Penguin Classics Marvel collections that are coming out? I have. Yeah, the. Uh, 
basically Marvel Masterworks, but reprinted via Penguin. Yeah, and they're essentially. they're like the, the the difference is they're usually not collecting like runs. Uh, it's like they have a Captain America one, a Spider Man one, and a Black Panther one. And the Spider Man and Captain America just collect like classic '60s one. So the Spider Man one is like here's the best of like the Ditko era reprinted and probably like 15 20 issues or something captain america I, same. is it it's a bunch of curvy is it just consecutive issues or is it like curated do you know i think it's curated because i think it skips around to like hit at least the spider-man and captain america are the black panther is yeah it's skipping around i'm looking at it now it's spider-man 1 through 4 9 10 13 14 17 19 oh they took out dr doom yeah I, okay i see it's, but it's, uh, the black panther one is just panther's rage so I already, I, call. as soon as Great I saw that, call. I picked it up. Like someone posted it on Twitter or something. I bought it immediately. It's 25 yeah. bucks for a hardcover of Panther's Rage, which didn't exist before. There was only on the Epic line, which I think I really don't like the, uh, like the print quality or how those look on a shelf, really. Uh, this one. Oh, really? Yeah, it's tw- 25 bucks for the hardcover of the Panther's Rage, and it looks great. And they kept like, they, um, it's not glossy pages, but it is like really nice, high quality, thick pages. Uh, it looks great. Um, yeah these rule i mean these rule really good the thing about these is like they're in libraries Mm -hmm. they're going to be in bookstores um i mean these these spidey issues this is how i got hooked on marvel comics essentially yeah you know was the black and white reprint essentials this is a much higher quality version and they're cheap right like 25 bucks for a hardcover of however many issues this is 15 20 Um, it's a solid deal yeah it's great uh i've really liked the black panther one so i just anyone who loves panther's rage and has bemoaned the fact that there's not like a good high quality release this is it oh and another thing i don't think i brought up on the show which is something we bemoaned forever did i say this already that nascenti's daredevil is finally filled out i i feel like we talked about i might have said that okay show yeah yeah okay all right just in case i did uh in case i didn't uh nascenti's daredevil is finally complete good limited good get that puppy in an omnibus yeah god i'd buy that nascenti daredevil omnibus yeah that'd be awesome jr jr um okay okay cool all right all over the place calls all around all over what what a start what a start that's what these are for we called out all the all the jabronis who have slighted me (laughs) We uh, we talked about some good comics that are out there. Um, okay, I mean, as you can tell, probably as you can tell from that start, uh, we don't have like a like a definite direction <laughs> for the like. We're not going to talk about She Hulk today. We're going to talk about that with Charlotte when she's back and do the full season mm-hmm. in review. Um, Wait, I just want to know. I will just say, like, I will just yeah, put yeah, a, yeah. a quick yeah, yeah. a quick blip to say I'm two eps behind. Me too. But it is. It's it's been more every episode has been more enjoyable mm-hmm. for me. I agree. Yep. Um, so I was the negative Nelly of the group after the first couple episodes. Definitely, um, I'm definitely enjoying it more as episodes come out. I still don't think it's like good, but um, <laughs> it, it I'd you know. say that it's you know like the MCU in general, where I just judge the whole thing on a curve because I'm kind of bought in. Uh, it's quite good compared to like other great TV. No, of course not course not but it's like it's i think fun. i'm just tired i think i'm tired of grading on a curve zach i know i like, mean I, I, i'm really I tired it. of grading on a curve I understand. like i'm, I'm tired <laughs> of saying oh for the mcu i know yeah because then because the, the the underlying you know piece of that is then like but then why am i spending so much time with things that i have to put caveats and curves on you know it's like there's so much other good stuff out there i, I totally so, get it because i think this about like i mean like star wars right where people are like force themselves to watch every piece of star wars content and they don't like any of it <laughs> and i'm just like well just stop watching like you love the yeah. movies the movies still exist you can still like enjoy the thing 
that got you into Star Wars to begin with, and you don't need to force this other stuff down. I, I guess I just don't have that, because I guess, like, I don't take it that seriously, maybe, so, like... Like well, you're not you're not inclined to be like a hate watching rage monster either. Yeah, right. If I, <laughs> you know, I mean, if I else. really hated it, like like what if I would just stop watching, right? And like Miss Marvel, like was borderline. Like I finished the last few episodes because we talked about it for the show. If if we didn't have the show, I wouldn't have finished it. Miss Marvel, one of the best series on Disney Plus. That one's wild, wild. That's the one you're talking about. Yeah, crazy. Um. Anyway, yeah. So like, yeah. I guess. Uh, I don't. I don't know. Uh, I went to I see... just speaking. Speaking of like indie comics art snobs, I'm just yeah. increasingly like I've never watched the Americans. I could sit and watch the Americans. Oh with yeah, my wife. I mean like instead of <laughs> instead of forcing myself to watch you know the, the Andor or um, She Hulk. You know what right. I mean? And yeah. like I'm I'm just increasingly like that feels like a better use of my time. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is you know I'm gonna catch up on these apps. Um, like I said, I think it's been more fun as it's gone. Uh, but I just I don't know. There's like a there's just a mental gymnastics I'm doing and I'm tired of grading on a curve. And I'm like with WandaVision, I didn't have to grade on a curve. I, I just liked it. Yeah. It's crazy. I just that actually came out of the it. gate with something they're like sharpest, most well-constructed thing. I mean, it fell apart a little at the end, but like those first handful of episodes were the best thing they've done on TV. I think like easy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Pretty, pretty wild how they were like, let's start with, you know, our biggest swing and then take several steps back. Uh, I know. Yeah. I know. Well, and it like that wasn't even going to be the first one, but then the pandemic made it so, and yeah, yeah. it was such a perfect first one, and uh, and here we are. So anyway, I'm I'm excited it's for nothing Black like Panther. your first. There, I mean, you know, you can never go home again, <laughs> as they say. But uh, okay, so we're we're gonna talk about that in full with Charlotte. It'll be a, a more well-rounded discussion, um, and not you know just me talking about being tired, my own, my own struggles, <laughs> <laughs> being tired and, and, and over immersed in Marvel stuff. Um, okay, today we're going to answer some listener questions. Uh, maybe we're going to do a little my manga this year. Let me Ooh, keep it catching up on exciting. some good manga. Oh, I totally forgot about this. You warned me what you were reading, and I was like, oh yeah, I'll read that too because I always wanted to, and I 100% forgot. So okay, it'll just be okay. you so reporting. We can, yeah. So so we've got two book reports. Then mm-hmm. you got to report to me on Hulk, and I got to report to you on Naoki Urasawa's monster. <sighs> Um, do we want to start with some questions? Yeah, let's do, let's do a few of those. Yeah. Okay. Okay. First question from Andy: Did child number three get a nickname? Now I have three kids. Uh, we've been referring to the oldest as uh, Von Doom, mm-hmm. as Baby Von Doom. I believe the second. I think you've called Big Barda, mm-hmm. if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Yeah, Big Barda abusing. Yeah. And so we got Von Doom abusing, Big Barda abusing, and I don't think you've ever referenced the third with a little nickname if i'm i don't think that's ever happened yeah i have one uh for this one because i think i did name the other two so i think i uh do get naming rights of uh each of your children Um, yeah the amount of uh, i got the amount of legal paperwork (laughs) when you when you go to the hospital one thing you don't want to have to do is <laughs> is file a ton of legal cease and paperwork against your podcast. cease and desist there were just so many all of a sudden i was just slammed with like so this person's claiming they they have the will to comic book herald and they now have naming rights to your children and it was just like it was such a it was such a shock so thank you for for giving me something to do in the hospital that was much appreciated yeah, no um but okay you have a name uh, yeah, the, the the special thing about this name is that it's a reference to something that I don't even know if you'll get. So uh, okay, it is comic cool. book, though, and it is popular, but you're just kind of out of the loop on it. Your uh, your third child is called Monkey D. Busing. No, that would be a One Piece. Mm-hmm. A one yeah, piece it's reference. a One Piece thing. Monkey so. D. Busing. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm into that. Yeah, yeah that works. Yeah. That, yeah, these nicknames We did Marvel, we did DC. I thought we should move into, you know, uh, not just the same publishers. 
Okay, you're hearing it here first. We got Monkey D. Busing. Uh, okay, let's do a let's do a more comics focused question. Which non Marvel DC comic should get at- adapted into a TV show or movie, and which should never be adapted? This is a question from Rob, and I think it's a good question. It's something we talk about every now and again. Zach, do you have any ideas that come to mind instantly? Otherwise, I can start. I I'm just hmm. it's so tough because uh, we we do get we get so many non Marvel DC adaptations now especially through Netflix, and I'm just, like, I'm so aware of the mode and how they get adapted and that they just kind of turn into, like, such a mediocre <laughs> version of it that, like, the idea of adaptations just excites me so little. Like, even Sandman, which some people really like. Like, every time I watch a scene, I'm like, this is just... Like, it looks kind of nice, but the writing is so bland, right? And, like, it's such a pale... Like, it, it just makes me want to go back and read the comic. Um, it's a weird thing because manga and anime, I don't have that same feeling about um there's something that like elevates it sometimes sometimes it does just make me want to read the manga uh no i don't have i don't know if i have a great answer for this off the top of my head like what should be adapted uh chew like chew sounds funny uh maybe like chew has been in adaptation hell for over a decade i know well it's been in like animated adaptation hell i think for a long time i don't know if were they planning on doing a live action i I, at this point i have no idea i have no idea but it's like that was if that like, that book is just so ready for TV. But the thing is, like, I keep thinking about it in terms of, like, yeah, if they adapted it in a way that, you know, like, taps into its particular wild nature, right? Like, I want yeah. a Sandman show to, like, evoke the, you know, the atmosphere and the, like, that that serious kind of, uh, like, sagely mis- mythological thing that's going on in that show and instead, like... It feels like a very pretty like Arrowverse show, and that, that's a little mean. But like the acting and the writing in that, eh, it doesn't have to be. I mean, I guess now it is. But I I liked the first two seasons of Arrowverse a lot. I had a really fun time with the Flash when it started. Yeah, but it's not quite. I mean, it's not Sandman, right? Like if like to well anyway that that's like the only way you're going to interest me is if you really like tap into it. Like I don't know when I was reading Neil Gaiman for the first time, I was like, this guy this guy would be great on the CW, <laughs> <laughs> I'm right? Like uh. <laughs> And I'm not even really, like, I don't want to just besmirch those shows too much. Like, they're fun, and I think they know what they are, and they do a good job at that. It's just not something I'm that interested in. Like, my wife watches all of those shows. She's caught up on it. She's, like, one yeah, of the six sure. humans who's caught up on the Arrowverse right now. Um, <laughs> that is impressive. But You know, that's, yeah. the, that's the irony of Chew, though, actually, is Chew became a really good CW show. It was just called iZombie, a different comic. Oh, yeah, she likes that show, too. I haven't seen it. Uh, I loved iZombie. Yeah, and uh, it's it's basically it took the comic and was like, hey, what if we kind of made this like chew <laughs> instead, and it worked. Um, so I feel like that's part of the challenge with chew. So all right, so my I would say my my thing now with adaptations is I think they work best for me when they're a comic I either didn't think was good, the voice, or haven't really caught <laughs> yeah. up on. Right, like yeah. if I've read it and I've enjoyed it, I generally don't want an adaptation i've never quite understood that and i've said that before which is why the boys right is yeah has has worked in the way it has because it's like okay this is a comic with ideas that is not a very enjoyable comic um it's way too cynical and the show was like okay what if we course corrected and it's a way more enjoyable show for me i would say the um i'm looking at the best comics of all time and this is a list on comicapparel.com slash the best comics of all time with a hyphen between each word the first result you're going to get in Google when you Google the best comics of all time. It is the definitive list of the best comics of all time. Mm-hmm. Anything inside my top 100, I don't want adapted. 
<laughs> like I'm not interested in watching that. I already know I like it. So I'm looking further down the list at stuff that either I'm kind of unsure about or in the first example's case uh, that just I'm like kind of behind on and isn't done. Bitter Root by David F. Walker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think it's uh, Chuck Brown and Sanford Green would kill in an adaptation. But the thing, like, uh, I'm immediately imagining I think that's a very good comic, it's, and it's it's going to be good. What are you imagining? See, I imagine it just being the most straightforward, like, family of black monster hunters. It would feel just like so many other shows out there. Like, they would... Because the thing is, like, when you're adapting a comic, you're losing that art, right? Like, the art is such a huge component of that. It's a huge component yeah. of that comic. Like, the writing's very good, but, like, that art is so integral to it and like unless you have somebody like i kind of miss the days where (laughs) they just were like like sin city and 300 where they were like let's just like match the comic book in to the movie uh like like those adaptations are fun even the watchman adaptation the miller watchman adaptation uh not miller um yeah the snyder watchman adaptation like i guess it's a little boring but like it was kind of (laughs) neat just seeing like he captured the essence of that comic really well in, or not the essence of it but like the visual essence of it he completely missed the point of the actual like writing of the comic somehow but yeah um, see i would i mean visually i hear what you're saying sin city was interesting at least when i was in college i mean i, I had a great time with that movie yeah um i had no graphic novel experience at that point you know it didn't matter to me what the what the comics were like um sanford green is amazing on bitter root so I want you to reflect that style. But I think the thing with Bitter Root that is interesting to me is, like, take the idea and run with it. Don't just do it. Like, the the idea of reprinting it mm-hmm. is not interesting to me. Yeah. Um, the idea of taking that idea and running with it and having this fully fleshed out world of, you know, yeah, this black family that has been basically hunting racist monsters for generations. Um, you can do so much with that, mm-hmm. you know? You can take it in a lot of different directions. So I think that would be a really interesting show. Um I, I think something is killing the children is obviously already it's, in development. Yeah, it's right. It does have yeah. that potential because it's one that I'm not caught up on either. I'm actually pretty interested in seeing it. I mean, I guess, you know, big picture too. Like my thing with adaptations right now is I kind of generally don't want to watch them, but I do want them to keep happening. Cause I want all these comics creators to get paid for making good comics. <laughs> yeah. <sure. laughs> you know? Yeah. So like on a creator level, I'm like, great, like get your money. Um, as far as stuff that I, 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 I would also be, I don't know, It's I kind of go back and forth between this should absolutely be adapted or this should never be adapted on Hickman's East of West mm-hmm. with Nick Dragota, which is one of my, it's my 28th favorite comic of all time. Um, if you told me they were going to do it, I'd be excited in the sense of like, people are going to buy it and those creators are going to get money and uh, and it could be good. But then I'd also be like, I probably don't actually really want to watch it um, unless they're like changing it. And if they change it, then... That'd be weird for the people who haven't experienced it before. So it's, it's a tough one, man. It's a, this is a tough I, question. I mean, I, I, I'm trying to find some kind of like cohesive argument about this, but like really what it's coming down to is like, yeah, make it good. Like that's what it, I know. <laughs> you know, I know. And it it, it's a dumb point to make, but it's like, there's just so many adaptations and then they take it and then they grind it down into kind of a stock standard, like TV drama. Like why the last man had an adaptation. I forgot about it. I just remembered it. I'm looking up lists. I'm like, oh yeah. It's an enormous comic, and it got a TV adaptation that was immediately forgotten. Um, pay- so, so that's actually why that's why Saga is on my never adapt this list. Yeah, because Brian K. Vaughn has been his works have now been one season and done twice. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, Why the Last Man got a season done. Paper Girls one season done. Runaways three seasons on Hulu, but like 
I mean, might as well have been one and done, essentially, mm-hmm. the amount of people that, like, talked about that, you know? So, th- so there's, like, a BKV curse right now with adaptations, which to me is, like, just just let Saga be an amazing comic. Like, that's fine. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> well, it's just, I mean, the, these shows get, the comics are just uh, picked up because they're, like, cheap spec scripts, you know, and they feel like they have a built-in audience. But it, it's just one of these things where you're, like, are they going to really be given the, like, the care and the money and the, like, the talent especially? That's the weirdest thing. I mean, with the streaming boom and the huge amount of, like, productions being put out there, you look at, like, who gets to helm these product projects, yeah. and you get something like Ring of Power, and I, I look up the guys who are show running that, and I'm like, well, you know, you're going to put a half-billion-dollar season in the hands of a couple people. Like, you would go get two big, like, film directors, right? You would you get somebody who, I don't know, has vast experience and has a proven track record, and then, no, it's like, no, it's people who have directed a handful of episodes of, like, I don't know, The Walking Dead or something. I, that's not really their resume. I don't remember what it is. But, like, I see this over and over again where, like, the, uh, you know, these streaming giants just give, um, like, showrunning access to these uh, these really small creators who, like, it, you know, sometimes that pans out. The MCU has had a lot of success of pulling in, like, small horror movie directors in and then giving them a shot. But um, don't you don't you think TV with showrunners, though, like, there aren't actually that many no i know it's like vince gilligan you know you got yeah matthew Wiener, david simon yeah yeah you know but it's like you look at these you know it's the sopranos it's Mad Men, it's breaking bad these this idea of this like godhead you know uh who's the who's the fargo guy noah hawley right noah hawley i mean yeah yeah i mean like the thing is why aren't they (laughs) why is the mcu not knocking on his door trying to maybe because it doesn't matter maybe well he was he was gonna do a dr doom movie before the fox merger yeah you remember that yeah 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 that would have been you know that's probably in some sort of weird development limbo i bet they have his contact info yeah 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 i mean like i i mean i guess they they gave uh watchmen to damon lindelof who you know has a pretty proven track record you know what I would watch the hell of, mm. hell out of? Mm. Uh, Vince Gilligan's The Hood. Ooh. I don't know what The Hood is. I said that, but <laughs> what's The Hood? <laughs> <laughs> Ironically, another Brian K. Vaughn okay. uh, creation. Um, that's right. You don't know The Hood the yet. Hood okay, you got com- you got The Hood coming in 2000 Comics, Zach. Oh, it's a Marvel I promise thing? You that. Yeah, it's Marvel. Oh, I never even... Um, no, I'm saying if he, if he had to do MCU, which yeah. he doesn't. <laughs> I promise yeah, you he doesn't. Right. Um, but I, that would be the one. Okay, uh, a couple final adaptations of comics that i'm like not in love with that i think could be really great klaus or claus graham morrison dan mora mm-hmm. um the christmas comic the santa comic i think it would be I confused because be... i think there's a netflix movie from two years ago called klaus about the origins of santa claus i don't doubt it mm-hmm. but do the do the morrison uh mora version because it's very fun and sometimes very great but i don't it, for me it's never been perfected mm-hmm. uh i know some people disagree and then uh Philadelphia. Written by oh, Rodney yeah. Barnes, mm-hmm. who has a TV background and connection, is one of the writers on the HBO Showtime, the Lakers stuff. Um, that series is good, and the art is great. I don't, I'm not like blown away by it. I think there's there's room to grow, and I think that could happen on TV quite well. Mm-hmm. That's like um like a vampire zombie story uh, with John Adams <laughs> as one of the the, the yeah. uh, you know the second president, John Adams. Uh, as one of the uh, the lead vampires, and I think that would actually make a great adaptation. I'm gonna guess because of Rodney Barnes' background that that's a strong possibility. Hmm, interesting. Okay, so great question. We could talk about that one probably all day. Uh, you know what? Actually, my my heuristic for like <clears throat> whether or not I get interested in an adaptation is just who's putting it out. So if I hear if AMC is doing one, I'm mm-hmm. interested because they've done Preacher mm-hmm. and they've done The Walking Dead. Even though eventually I, I really fell off The Walking Dead. 
like started pretty strong. Preacher is very interesting. I have to finish that at some point, but like it's a pretty interesting adaptation. It does not just follow the uh, the comic and it does some wild yeah, stuff. I so. Like it's its own thing, which I really like about it too. Like it's adapting the comic, but it's also very much kind of its own weird vibe. It's um, not just hey, here's Preacher again. Right. Like. Or if uh, HBO is doing it, right? Like if they're doing yeah. it, I'm interested if Netflix is adapting something. I am I'm not that interested. I mean, I kind of give Amazon I give Amazon a look because of the boys. Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Am- Amazon is, is uh, they, they have a better track record than like Netflix for TV shows. I think they still have a lot of I think Netflix has killed more adaptations than it has helped at this point. Oh, yeah, for sure. Don't you think? Yeah, 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 definitely. And, you know, they just the amount of like mediocre stuff that they expect you to not remember a week after you <laughs> watch it just to churn out to like fill your God. I was in line uh, at a, a coffee cart at work a couple weeks ago. And, uh, and I heard some people in front of me talking about, like, what did you watch this weekend? And they're like, I watched this whole season of this show. And uh, and they're like, oh, my God, I never heard of it. And she's like, I hadn't either. I just turned on Netflix, and it was, like, number one this weekend. So I watched the whole thing. And I was like, yeah. that is, like, I can't imagine consuming media that way. Like, I, I have everything so planned out <laughs> for me. Like, I know. The idea I of know. watching a TV. I mean, I guess it's just kind of the old school, like, turn on TV and flip channels till you find something, I guess. Well, but, you know like, how it's like Netflix when you start, it can just say like surprise it says, me, like you know, surprise me or whatever. <laughs> I, I always say to my wife, I'm like, how much of a lunatic do you have to be? To I know it's crazy to me, like the yeah. fact that I, I mean, I just there's so many things I really want to watch, right? Like I just have this big list of stuff that I'm actually hungry to watch. So the idea of just being like, yeah, whatever's on, it like is uh is nuts to me in the age of streaming. Uh huh. Uh huh. Anyway, yeah. Uh, let's. We want to do another question. Let's do it. Okay, Zach. This is from Bigger Kevin. It's probably the toughest question we're going to have today. It's easy. Easy peasy. Actually, it's very easy. Yeah. But um, he asks, Weezer's Blue Album or Pinkerton? Mm-hmm. These are Weezer's 1994 and I think 1996, respectively, albums. The best two Weezer albums. Oh, yeah. I think uh, by anyone's <laughs> anyone's measure. Um, you could argue the only good two uh, Weezer albums, although I would not go that far. Uh, Zach, are you a Blue Album or Pinkerton. No, I want to hear your answer first, so they can. Uh, so it's Pinkerton by a mile. Yeah, okay, uh, all it's right. very easy. <laughs> I was Pinkerton. kind of hoping you there's would say a temptation. You're setting this up for blue, but it's easy. It's Pinkerton. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's a temptation to. I mean, listen, I love Buddy Holly, I love um, the Sweater Song, the classics, uh, but Pinkerton is is long time one of my favorite albums. It is it is Weezer's indie rock record, and I'm an indie rock snob for sure. Um, I love Pinkerton, and it's I still so do. Noisy, and it's listen, so crunchy. Like the the guitars are incredible. Matt Sharp's playing on that is so good. Um, it, there are certainly things you can criticize. <laughs> well, I mean, it's so mean. Cubos, like, it's so mean and like self-effacing, and like anything but that the, is. But like, he was willing to do it for one album and one album only, and that makes it interesting, right? I mean, like he doesn't cut, like. I love how poorly he <laughs> frames himself here, right? Like uh, the you know pink triangles very funny <laughs> about like him falling in love with a lesbian and then just being like mad at her for being a lesbian uh, which like if you told me like oh there's a 1996 song that takes on you know a guy falling in love with a lesbian it would sound probably a lot worse than it actually comes across i mean it comes uh, across it's like poorly but it also comes across as, but it's like but he's he gets the, it. the sights are on himself yes I think, right in exactly a lot of cases. which makes the difference yeah. um for being weird and having problems. I mean, he has that line about like, I broke into your dorm room and read your diary. <laughs> like, yeah, as soon as he gets yeah. a crush on somebody, right? Like, and the whole thing's just about him, 
you know what whatever his uh his college experience there it's uh yeah it's it's super fun it's like really great songwriting and wild that they never returned to this mode really like they, i mean they did <laughs> recently you know it's one of those things where they tried to but it's like it's 20 years later and mm. just no nobody can not nobody it, it's always amazing to me when bands can like like Mission of Burma came back at one point, and they were just like, "Yeah, we're the same." <laughs> it was like, "Wait, how?" <laughs> Dinosaur Junior did that, you know, semi recently. Um, um, you don't know Dinosaur Junior? No, no, I didn't. I don't know. Like, oh, okay, I haven't listened to anything recent they've done. What's uh, Portishead did that? They took like fourteen yeah, years yeah. off, and then their third album was like, "Oh yeah, Portishead is back. It's fine." Right? Like, they just made a third yeah. great album, and then they vanished. My again, Bloody Valentine, been... kind oh, of yeah, famously yeah, as yeah. well, similar thing. Um, but yeah, people no, like I, the. I mean, um, is it the What's their new covers album? Is it the Teal album? They they did a covers album. My Bloody oh. Valentine did? No, no, no. Weezer. Uh, oh. <laughs> well, that's... The, I, I tried to keep up with Weezer. Like, I, I don't think I've ever given anyone more at-bats than Weezer, actually, mm-hmm. throughout my life. Because in, like, when I was in high school, I bought I bought the Maladroit. That was earlier than high school. And then I bought... That's 2002. Make yeah. Believe... And make believe is horrible, mm. but I paid money for it at a Best Buy, <laughs> so I tried so hard to like it. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, that's an experience that that the kids will never understand, right? The kids will never get. You paid fifteen bucks at a Best Buy for a CD. Mm-hmm. Like how hard you'd have to work uh, to like that. The CD. second story of Borders Books and music. Mm, that's I used to hang out there a lot for CDs. What was your What was your first <laughs> CD that you ever bought? My first CD. My first CD I remember having was the Space Jam soundtrack, Ooh, okay. which I would play on a little boombox in my room. Um, the first CD I ever bought, like intentionally, Linkin Park or Sum Forty One, probably. Ooh, that's pretty good. Uh, All Killer that's No fun. Filler, or was it Meteorite or Meteor? One of those. Metoria or something like that. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. I could probably sing every word. Oh, well, you and I. I, I bought that album too when I was like. 12 13 uh so you and i were both listening to that i think my first album and i can't remember because they were both close they were like i might have bought them in the same time first albums were gorillas self-titled debut oh okay and coldplay's parachutes uh both of which i still like love both those albums i think are both great yeah those are those are interesting picks um my wife and i have been playing hurdle have you been playing this Mm -hmm. yeah well and i stopped Six months ago, <laughs> but yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. I do, no, my I wife do and frame I do, like every morning version. this little activity we do together. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. when a Linkin Park track comes on, Zach, you've yeah. never heard anyone get it faster. Like, really? <laughs> so, so on that. That first album it's, was uh, fun. I, I haven't listened in a while, but I, I used to listen to it pretty obsessively. I enjoy it. It holds up with that bit of teenage nostalgia. Yeah. Um, okay. But yeah, I, I think Pinkerton is on my all-time faves and not going anywhere. Uh, Blue Album's an early favorite, but certainly nowhere. I uh, I appreciate that Bigger Kevin followed up Bluer Pinkerton with, (laughs) I agree with all of the lyrics, and I think they're good things to think and do. (laughs) We do also have Kangpin in the Slack. Got to credit you here with saying Stinkerton does not come close. He's been riling up the Slack today with uh, his musical takes. Dave, I'm going to (laughs) actually roast this man uh, for you. He's been in an (laughs) argument all day uh, talking about how Paul's Boutique by the beastie boys is uh my, f- my favorite one of my favorites yeah not uh particularly interesting or relevant anymore <laughs> <laughs> uh it, revolutionary at the time and uh but now not that interesting to go back to okay uh, you know uh, do you I, here can i make I, I made this uh i was trying to stop a fight by like giving them me 
uh, as a target. <laughs> we have so many Beastie Boys fights in the in the My Marvelous Year exclusive Slack. You would not believe it. I jumped in to try to like derail the argument by saying that the only two Beastie Boys albums I've ever owned, and the only two that I actually am really familiar with, are the In Sound for Moy Out and the Mix Up, which are their two instrumental albums. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. That's the I I don't know the other ones. So I, you were like, I've never come flog me. In my life. <laughs> come flog me. I'm a yeah. weirdo. It didn't work. They uh, they kept going at each other. But. Yeah. Yep. You know, uh, Paul's Boutique is, I think, the only 33 and a third I've ever read. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. You know, Those the 33 and a third series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never, I've like never read these, them. like, journalistic slash critical investigations of various albums. I read the Paul's Boutique one, and it's really great, especially if you're mildly interested in the Beastie Boys, obviously. Um, but it's especially good about kind of the history of sampling and the way that these producers, the Dust Brothers, like in this era were just sampling everything and where they were getting records from and how they're, you know, influenced and inspired by De La Soul and all the stuff that they're doing. De La Soul obviously pretty famously got sued to hell for three feet high and rising. Um, I don't think Paul's boutique got hit that hard, but it might've, but somehow the, you know, the beasties escaped. But anyway, it's, it's the only one I've read, but it's a really interesting one. And uh, that is one of my favorite, like produced rap albums of all time. Yep. Never heard it, but uh You've actually never heard Paul's Boutique? I think I've, I've never put it on in my life, and I don't know if I know any of the songs off it. I might, you know. like. Well, you've heard Eggman, because it played in the credits after one of the HBO Watchmen episodes. <laughs> okay, um, well, I definitely know that. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, maybe <laughs> I heard it once, but I don't okay, know. I, I don't should, know the okay, your homework, though, yeah. your homework after this episode is to listen to Paul's Boutique. All because right, I'll try. And, and Zach, put on headphones. My God, put on headphones. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll listen to my, while I'm driving, I'll put it on on my phone. It will come out of my phone speakers while I'm driving. Over the road noise, whatever I can hear, I'll judge and come back. <laughs> the window's down. It's, yeah. uh, it's very similar to your, like, I listen to, I watch this show on mute, and uh, I think it's a better experience. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'll right. make the argument can, that it's the best I can definitely to. make, uh, yeah, fair criticisms after that experience. Um, okay, we got uh, a handful more questions, but I want to make sure we have time for what we're going to talk about today. Um, Zach, why don't, you, why don't you share with us? So John Byrne. Yeah, this famous, is like two minutes, yeah. What's that? This will take two minutes. There's, there's not okay. much here. Yeah, famous famous X-Men artist, obviously, um, famous comics creator of the 80s. In the 90s, for Marvel, he comes back in the late 90s and did, like, a gazillion runs, including, like, X-Men The Hidden Years, and he does early Spider-Man that's stories. That's and, basically it. Uh, gazillion is overstating it, because I think he does Spider-Man Chapter 1, which is, like, uh-huh. four issues. He pencils The Amazing Spider-Man for, like, a handful of issues, not that long. Uh, like 10 15 issues he yeah, does yeah. five or six issues of the hulk and then x-men the hidden years so x-men the hidden years is really the thing he does at length yeah all right i'm up to a gazillion by that count, and that does but, it's but 22 on. issues of that so i think all together he either pencils or writes about like 45 issues in the, <laughs> in the late 90s and then he's gone forever um yeah, I just, yeah pretty the, much pretty much okay yeah. so you read you the, none of these are going to be included on the my marvelous year list yeah um, Although rarely discussed in glowing terms, but yeah, what did you yeah, think yeah. of of his Hulk? And I did. I, I went and read Spider Man Chapter One again because I had read that before, like years and years ago. Yeah, before I even knew who he was. Uh, it's interesting. Like Spider Man Chapter One is basically like it's kind of him doing Man of Steel, but for Spider Man, it's just a retelling of the Stanley Steve Ditko thing with a few little twists, like the accident that gets Peter Parker turned into Spider Man also has a uh, Doctor Octopus. He's like has the arms welded to him in the same accident, but more or less it's like beat for beat the same thing. Um, mm-hmm. It's very tradition like hues to the old one, and uh, and I think it's fine. I think it's like if you're a kid in the '90s and you want to read like a modern 
origin of Spider-Man. It's a good one, um, but not that notable. But the uh, the Hulk is mostly, <laughs> I'd say, oh god, I didn't pull this up. Uh, who's the artist? It's Garney something. Ron Garney. Uh, just a second. Let me like. I like Ron Garney. Let me see if I'm actually right. Yeah, it's Ron Garney. Uh, it's worth reading for Ron Garney's art. His uh, his Hulk art and his Hulk on a Rampage art is really good and really engaging. And his panel layout is very funny. He has all these like double wide splash pages of the Hulk looming over you, like the point of view character that you're like looking out of their eyes as this monster is raging above you. Um, and it kind of makes Hulk this huge, imposing, horrifying physical presence similar like a little sexy because your voice just cracked uh, it's uh <laughs> oh, just a second let me start fanning myself over here You're getting a little hot and taking off here. my hat and fanning my myself with it um yeah yeah that's the notable thing besides that burns writing uh it's a little overwrought his narration is which i don't remember him normally doing i don't remember him him being someone who like puts too much in the narration boxes but maybe he's He's trying to go for a vibe here because, like, the first episode, the town that the Hulk rambles into, or Bruce Banner rambles into, is called Faulkner, and I think he might be trying to go for this, like, southern gothic feel in his narration. <clears throat> That's a tell. It's, uh, yeah, it's it's a little much, um, and it mostly just isn't as interesting as maybe he thinks it is. It's fine. It's a, it's a good first Hulk story. I think it slots in really nicely with the rest of all the no- other number ones we read. Like, if you had swapped out Iron Man number one, for this, it would have made just as much sense. It's a good, Comparable. like, yeah. let's start Hulk again. Here's a good starting point for if you haven't read the Hulk, it gives you a little summary of his past, and here's, like, a little Hulk misadventure. Um, Bruce Banner's lost control of the Hulk again. It might be a little regressive in that, you know, regard, but, yeah, it's fun. It's fun. Uh, that's a, that's about all I can say about it. I had an okay time with him. I wouldn't really recommend sure. him. Even for Burnheads, I wouldn't be, like, rush out to this one. Maybe okay. maybe browse through for the Ron Garney art. Because uh, his Hulk art, sorry, huh? Yeah. yeah that, okay. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's not not as exciting as I hoped. I was hoping for something, you know, horrifying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Notable. Yeah. 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 Notable in you know either direction, I guess. Uh, I don't know what, well, he, what does I would... he do after this. Like, he. I mean, he does X Men: The Hidden Years, and then like, what does he do post two thousand? Like for comics. <sighs> Uh, I, I don't really 10 know. weeks as I mean, guest nothing... penciler on syndicated newspaper strip Funky Winderbean. <laughs> oh, oh, who can forget? <laughs> <laughs> who can forget the Winkerbean weeks? <laughs> the Winkerbean weeks. Uh, it looks like not much. Uh, a little bit of like... I, in the 2000s, I don't, I don't know that John Burns had a real big thing. I'm sure he does a, a Star graphic Trek. novel with Chris Claremont at one point yeah. on Justice League, and I'm sure he's had projects and whatnot, but he's, he's never had a big comeback, certainly. I mean, yeah. Claremont stayed more relevant. Uh, by doing X-Men runs and all that stuff. Um, I don't know. It seems like Byrne mostly retreated to his forums to make a very notably transphobic comment, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah. that has seemingly never been resolved in any interesting way. I, I still... We talked about this recently. Like, I don't understand how there hasn't been an interview with John Byrne where that hasn't been addressed. Mm-hmm. And maybe there is, and I've just never seen it. But it's like, isn't that mm-hmm. weird? I've that, looked like, it up. Yeah, I'm surprised someone... I have not found, like, a, hey, what, you know... Well, what it's you, what are you doing? I I, I guess I understand because he, like there's maybe there's something to like he didn't make a public statement. He wasn't doing an interview. You know, this wasn't in his writing. Like it, it's in a, his his own private forum. It would feel like if, if I said something offensive in our Slack, and then you know people were like, "Yeah, well, I got you know screenshots of your Slack, and you said this once seven years ago. 
do you want to talk about that? I'd be like, no. Like, what would what you, t- I, you know, I think, mm. I think that the hesitation is because he would, you know, have, have ground to stand on to just be like, why are you talking about something I just wrote offhand in a, you know, private forum on social media years ago? I guess, you know, like it's, it's, an, nah, it's an even weirder version of, I, I'm not saying like, you know, no one asked the guy, but I'm, I'm just saying I can understand why you would think he would be like extra slippery about it. Um, because of the context in which he said it. Like, it's even more... It's like bringing up someone's tweet, being like, years ago you tweeted this. Do you want to respond to that? Right? Like, it's it's even, like, kind of... Uh, it is, but it's also, like, he is comic book famous. Yeah. And he espoused seemingly a personal opinion, regardless of the medium. I don't think it has ever been addressed. Yeah. And... If you espouse hate speech <laughs> that has been recorded and talked about, like it's it's this huge prevailing thing. If I was him mm-hmm. and You'd I said to, that thing and yeah, I progressed yeah, yeah. as a person in the last 10 years, I would want that to be known. Um, sure. If I had not, which like because that's the indication is then you continue avoiding it and don't talk about it. And the people who don't care continue not to care. And the people who know about it continue to think he probably doesn't care. Pretty I mean, he's, he's 72. Like the man probably is not that. <laughs> interested well and in, that's like, why i'm also super du- super dubious that like like i you know the idea of progressing from the age of 12 to 22 i'm pretty in believe you know i believe mm-hmm. like 62 to 72 yeah. i'm less inclined to think yeah, it's happening i agree i mean he probably you has, know he, he's got a very similar uh viewpoint on this stuff as most like 70 year olds i think who don't think of, you know 70 year olds who don't put that much thought into it and probably just shoot from the hip and then or like, I don't know, I haven't thought about that much. I stated something with a strong opinion. <laughs> you know, I'm like, uh, like I don't want to ask my grandmother what she thinks of that statement. No, but your grandma's not. <laughs> no, uh, no, I'm, I'm not. You know, it's not like I'm, I'm excusing the guy. I'm, I'm not. Like, I just, I, I think I understand why it hasn't been brought up. And also at this point, like, I get why it hasn't been brought up. Because who, like, who cares enough to talk? Like, he's not doing work. He's not a public figure really that much anymore. Like the most notable thing. I mean, I he doesn't. Since... He doesn't seem to do the comics. I guess no, right? right. Like yeah. there are, you know, there are plenty of folks of that era who are out here making the rounds. Yeah. Um. Who then you could ask, obviously. So anyway, I mean, if I hey, if I get a John Byrne interview, I will ask the question. Please, um, I'd I'd be very curious. And then you but, know we you can know. we can update that controversy section on Wikipedia <laughs> to add another line. Uh, to it <laughs> when he goes off it's on just I, it's just like it's just not a con- if you don't yeah. if you don't take the time to ever address it again it's not a controversy it's just a belief you have mm-hmm. yeah and, no no I, I know what you mean yeah. you know and and you need to react accordingly and if, and if there's one thing that's like for sure about the man it's that he doesn't particularly seem to uh deal well with any sort of like critique of his you know or perceived critique of his opinions, right? Like, that's something where he seems very hostile to the idea that he'd be, like, yeah. challenged online about something. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure he's very, you know, he'd just be exasperated more than... Oh, for sure. Yeah, uh, no, I don't think he'd react else. well at all. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Well, uh, right. we also can probably stop talking about him, because I doubt he's ever going to write another comic. <laughs> <laughs> You're, you don't have to tell me. <laughs> well, I, I, <laughs> we not, I doubt he's going to write another comic. I know he does not write another comic that comes up in Marvel comics, uh, except for that excellent days of future found or whatever it's called <laughs> what's the the forum comic you did where oh your favorite comic of all it's time. pretty good uh <laughs> but yeah that's the only thing he wrote after this that i think is at least interesting um okay yeah. okay that's enough of that uh speaking of actually good comics mm-hmm. my mangalish year i've been reading monster by urasawa um i finally was just like i've been 
you know, kind of bouncing around manga and trying different stuff. Um, but the thing, the book I love the most by far was Pluto. I've got it ranked, I think, as my 12th favorite comic of all time. Ooh, wow. Um, so I was like, all right, I clearly just need to read the rest of Urusawa stuff. Like, what am I doing? Like, I just, I'm going to do it. So I started with Monster, going back. I've read the first five volumes, mm-hmm. and it's very good. Zach, it is really, really good. Uh, I will say, so my main, my main takeaways, Urusawa is remarkably good at pacing a book at pacing a manga and also at making you care about characters that you have never met before mm-hmm. like he does this in pluto as well but he'll like you have a main saga okay monster is this is this incredible doctor who is framed for a series of murders and there's this monstrous serial killer out there that we're kind of hunting that's the you know very succinct overly succinct narrative but then all of a sudden we'll like open a chapter and it'll be like oh here's someone we never met they're um they're a psychiatrist or uh, here's somebody we never met. You know, it's just this old man fostering a home. And then we'll get to know those people. And their narrative will intersect in some ways, sometimes small, with what's going on in the story. But, like, it's always just as interesting. And that is so hard to do, I think, in a narrative medium like and this. Stephen you know, King comics, does that a lot. And, uh, you know, like, opens a chapter and then he's just like, you know what I'm talking about? Have you read much Stephen King? I have not, but I, I mean, I know the, I'm talking about the style. So yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm it, like, it will just be like cut to, you know, the small town sheriff on, you know, in the town that the killer's about to roll through and we'll get like six, seven, eight pages about this man and his failed marriage and how he wishes he had packed up and moved. And then, you know, the last page, the killer rolls through and just like, you know, stabs him in yeah. the gut, <laughs> whatever yeah. it moves on. And Stephen King, uh, sometimes it works. And most of the time I'm like exasperated by it and i'm like all right i don't care about this schmuck i just know that this is a way for you to frame the other thing that's going to happen so like i think that's the thing with urusawa that i find so amazing is you, i'm never you like, get engrossed in the, the i'm never thing. like yeah. let's skip ahead yeah 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 i'm always pretty engrossed and it happens very naturally like a lot of, like now i'm pretty cognizant of it but the first you know handful of times i'm just like i'm just reading and then i'm like oh it's not like 10 pages with this, like, you know, kindly couple <laughs> driving along <laughs> that seemingly have nothing to do with the story. Yeah. Um, and it works almost every time. It's it's so cool. And it and then it does intersect, and it intersects in interesting ways. Um, it's, it's very well-paced. It's very, very well-paced. I'm blown away by that. Now, through the first, I read the, the perfect editions, which I think include, like, two volumes at a time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, or two chapters at a time. I don't know. No, volumes. volumes. Yep. Um, and... Uh, about one and a half way through, I was like, oh, I think I'll, I think I'll break and maybe go read 21st Century Boys. I was like, oh, I think I've, I've got, I've got a feel for this. I don't know that I'm like crazy hooked. You know, it's, it's basically like the fugitive kind of like 70s Hulk mm-hmm. style yeah. story. Yeah. And you got, you know, your serial killer thing going on in the background. But I'm kind of like, oh, I kind of feel like I got it. By the time I finished that second perfect edition, though, or the first perfect edition, even, I was like, oh, no, like, I'm, I'm going to keep reading this. I want to finish now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's as good as Pluto. I'm not as hooked. Uh, but I I am definitely dedicated enough to finish it at this point. Now, have you read any of this? Yeah, I actually I'm looking at this now and I'm like, oh yeah, I read this when I was like 22. Uh, so like over 10 years ago, I don't remember anything about it, so I can't really speak to it. I think I read a few volumes, you know, on like a pirate site uh, years and years ago. But like a like a One Piece site, a One Piece. Uh, that's funny because they're pirates. Yeah, I got it. No, it's pretty good. Uh, yeah. I think it's the only Urusawa I read, and I read some of this. I've forgotten about this, but I'm looking at it, and like your your description of a serial killer, you know, surgeon being framed and stuff, like cued that for me. 
Uh, yeah, I don't have any. I don't have anything to weigh in about this because I don't. No, I just. I just wondered if you had read any of it. Um, you yeah. know, I won't. I definitely won't spoil anything about what happens here. Uh, other than to say, it just keeps escalating, mm-hmm. and it keeps finding new ways to make the story interesting. And I think the thing that Urasawa is so incredible at, and this happens in Pluto as well, is like he just won't show the the main monster for like huge chunks of time. Mm-hmm. You know, like you just like you just don't see it, but you never feel like. I never feel at least like I'm like desperately waiting to like get back to kind of the main narrative. Um, it's just like I, he will give it to me when I'm ready. And I, there's so much confidence in the creative hands to be able to do that. But also just as a reader, I'm like, I have full confidence that we will get back to this thing. And when it happens, it will be time, <laughs> you know, yeah. and with a lot of comics, I'm, you know, that that takes a lot of trust that they're that they're going to do that. Um, so I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm dedicated to finishing. I think I'll jump to 21st Century Boys after this one and just do the full you know kind of some of Urasawa's biggest hits from here um but it's awesome Urasawa I love it. would I, be is like an entire topic that charlotte and i should just do for extra issues and just like yeah dedicate sure. you know six episodes to covering his stuff because he's someone i've i mean me reading a handful of volumes of this 10 years ago i think is the only Urasawa i've ever read so yeah it's a it's a hard it's kind of hard one to rank like i definitely don't like it as much as pluto mm. so far you know i want to finish yeah. um I don't know that, like, I love it. I'm definitely more invested probably than, like, Death Note and Full Metal Alchemist, I guess, in terms of, like, wanting to read a ton more volumes. Um, so I probably like it a little bit more. But stylistically, I I don't know. It's a hard... If you were like, what's better, Death Note or this? Like, that's a hard conversation, I would say. They're definitely hmm. very different styles. Okay, interesting. Um, the, the important yeah. thing that I want to know is, have you continued to read Kaguya-sama, Love is War? <laughs> I did start... I did actually start the next chapter because i'm i'm also very slowly sort of putting together in my head a list of like my favorite comedy slash humor comics Mm -hmm. um i kind of realized like i should just make a list and you know next chapter or next volume spend time uh the next volume okay next the second volume yeah uh so i haven't gotten far but i'm i'm going to because that was so much fun as well okay i'm i'm caught up on that that's i think that's the only like weekly it's the only manga or the only comic period that I'm caught up with. Like I'm reading that week to week right now. Um, I'm yeah. even pirating it week to week because it's not coming out in any official capacity here, except like when the volumes launch every handful of months. So um, they don't publish the new stuff like through that app. It's not day and date like other stuff on Shonen. They oh. Shonen gets the chapter or the the entire volumes when they come out. So when the volumes get published like physically here, then they drop like. 10 chapters at and once you're you're so into it you have to one piece it you can't wait. yeah 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 i like was flying through it and then i caught up to where shonen jump like ended and i was like well i gotta you know there's still like 60 chapters that i uh, can't read legally <laughs> and so i i pirated it but like i think i'm gonna buy this whole series at some point so i don't feel feel too bad um i really love it it's a uh, it's interesting it really evolves over time it's like kind of a very different comic now but yeah um yeah really really good nice uh, okay. I'm going to do a few more questions real quick. Yeah, let's finish up with the, the final questions we got here. Um, okay, J-Pop asks, a very important question. He says, Dave, you recently made the comparison of Kieran Gillen and Al Ewing being like Mark Pryor and Kerry Wood in 2003. Now, Zach, let me explain this one because there's a lot of this. Yeah, I have no idea. I read this and I was like, all right, is this a, is this a sports thing? Is this a wrestling thing? So Kieran Gillen and Al Ewing are currently well, I know who the- <laughs> dueling aces. No, no, no. This is not. I know you know who they are. Oh, okay. All right. I need to They're know the They're dueling context. aces on X-Men comics coming okay. out right now. Okay. Okay. So they are both writing. Uh, Kieran's writing Immortal X-Men. Al Ewing's writing X-Men Red. Those are two incredible X-Men books. And basically it's like you have two 
star pitchers back to back. Right. Yeah. It's like you have two star pitchers. Mark Pryor and Kerry Wood were the dueling aces of the Chicago Cubs in two thousand three, mm. which famously is the year they made the world or they were going to make the World Series before Steve Bartman uh reached out and blocked the balls. Act do you do you know the name Steve Bartman? Nope. You're not familiar with Steve Bartman. I wow, to, what a pop culture. I knew miss. how to do the Bartman from The Simpsons, if that's what you're oh, talking man. about. Oh man, incredible. That's incredible. That was like the biggest moment of baseball in two thousand three. And that man's life was ruined <laughs> because there's a it's a good thirty for thirty about it. Um, you know, Steve Bartman actually worked. I think he worked at the same office as like my dad, and it was like the phones. It was like their whole office was like shut down because the phones were ringing off the hook <laughs> with angry sports fans <laughs> trying to get a hold of this poor guy who just just wanted to catch baseball. I do right. not blame Steve Bartman. Let me be very clear. As far as my opinion on the matter, okay. Anyway, that's who Mark Byron Kerry Wood are. J Pop asks. Which Marvel writer would you consider is closer to the Carlos Zambrano of the era, <laughs> a.k.a. a young, fiery writer-artist who hasn't really hit it big but can clearly see there's something there, right? So Carlos Z, mm-hmm. Big Z, yeah. was not yet an ace pitcher, but he was getting there. Um, Zach, do you have any thoughts on the matter as far as an up-and-coming creator? Otherwise, I have a good idea. Um, hmm, I don't know if they're up-and-coming, and you can tell me if this is like insulting because they've already made it, and I just am not quite as aware of their position but marjorie lou yeah uh i mean marjorie like lou, i think she won an eisner for you know monstrous but like marjorie monstrous lou has is, made it monstrous is the thing say. right like yeah yeah monstrous is incredible but but um, that's like the thing that she's known and that's the thing that is like so far beyond her other stuff that shows that she can like step up and hit a home run to put it in baseball terms <laughs> Um, <laughs> talking about pitchers okay <laughs> okay all right well to uh, step up to the plate and throw a strike from the plate way too close, <laughs> way too close. <laughs> um no <laughs> she just steps <laughs> five feet away from the uh uh-huh. yeah anyway um yeah because i mean besides that like a lot of good x-men work but like stellar x-men work like incredibly noteworthy so, like all-time great x-men work i don't know so like i i could see like this being the beginning of a career of you know like like a james tynan who worked on a lot of stuff and has a lot of like interesting smaller work to start out the backstagers in the woods and a lot of miniseries and now is just like pumping out like classic after classic yeah, yeah i so. i would love to see i so i think lose at a pretty different point in her career i yeah, would love to okay. see her come back and do an x-men thing but that would be a gift to marvel Mm-hmm. Not to her a gift for her career. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Like she's written novels. She's got YA stuff coming out that's going to do really well. Um, Monstrous is flipping. Oh, I forgot about and her she's, like, novel career. She's also written the best Black Widow story of all time already. Really? Okay. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people's favorite Wolverine, you know, X23 stuff. Her Astonishing X-Men is super underrated. Actually, I went back and read that and it's like deeply, deeply underrated. Um, I love Murder Lose. Writing is, is, you know, really what I'm getting at. My pick for the Big Z of the era would be probably Jed McKay. Um, I think Jed McKay is The director is not... of 40 year old virgin. <laughs> what? No, wait, I, that was a, conf- that was me make, mixing up Judd Apatow and Adam Judd McKay. Apatow. I was trying to do an Adam McKay joke. Oh, Adam, been... Adam. Okay. Yeah. 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 So I, I like, I, that's I, not especially close. It's not. Yeah. 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 No, okay. The, sorry. Ex best friend. Abort, of abort joke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, Jed McKay, I think is, if you follow comics closely, you know them. Um, he's writing a great Moon Knight run right now. Um, he's done incredible work on Black Cat. But I think these are not A-tier properties necessarily that they've been associated with. And just everything Jed McKay t- has touched 
I've really, really loved. Um, the fact that a black cat book has been one of my favorites over the last several years is like unheard of mm-hmm. type stuff, you know? Oh, I read, um, was, I read one of his comics. I read uh, Timeless, number one, the uh, the King comic. Yeah, yeah. That was great. So that that's a little potential keys to the kingdom type stuff, you yeah. know, with maybe some where the Marvel Universe is going, maybe some hints that they're going to get some bigger at bats. But like, you know, they haven't read, written any of the A-tier stuff. I think a lot of people, like, I would love it. Are you reading you know, to see, his to see Jet on Spider-Man or something like that? Strange is really interesting. With the Clea, yeah, a yeah. strange book. Yeah, it's um, like nine issues into that. Yeah. So I think I think Jed McKay is primed for slightly more comic superstardom. You know, uh, to my knowledge, like I don't know about any of the creator-owned works or anything like that. You know, I just know the big two stuff. So that's obviously an opportunity to expand that as well. Um, but that'd be the if I'm going to pick somebody who's like who's writing you know the biggest Marvel books in an event in two three years. I think I think it could easily hmm, be Jed McKay. Iron Cat. Are you reading that? That looks interesting. The fact that that book exists is like a testament to how good his black cat is. Yeah, like it looks kind of fun. Like black cat. I like this uh this Iron Man suit she has here. That's pretty fun. I don't know the circumstances, but Yeah, yeah. Like there's going to be a black cat omnibus now that's going to be spread across like, you know, 10 different series. Hmm. Like there's going to be a black cat Mary Jane series coming up in this next uh event, which again is one of those things where it's like, well, that sounds goofy, but it's like I'm looking forward to it. I think that's gonna be pretty good. I think I've been in the ignoring right creative hands. That series when I see it pop up on Marvel Unlimited because J. Scott Campbell's art is so horny that it looks so it looks bad. <laughs> well and that's why I mean I've talked about this before, but like I was at C two E two when my guy, aka my mortal enemy, C B Sablewski, mm-hmm. was like, All right, do you guys like Black Cat? And everyone in the crowd was like Eh. <laughs> like he, was, he, he was trying to do like a hype up thing and there were like three people clapping um and he's like we got a new black cat series with j scott campbell covers and i was like okay like you think you know what that is mm-hmm. yeah right you think you know what that book's gonna be is like okay they're gonna sell six issues of cheesecake uh well that's what the covers, covers are the covers are cheesecakey which is they are but they're I, I actually i don't know maybe it's just because i know the interiors are good yeah um but i actually don't find the covers especially like i don't think they're He's, he's very talented. Like doing Scott Campbell in the early two thousands, good stuff. But some of these are, <laughs> some of these are. A little I think J. Scott Campbell's a fine artist. Like that's the yeah. thing. It's oh, like, totally. He has, he has a reputation for doing you know the famous, uh, you know, crazy bottle thin Mary Jane. You know, uh, or the, I guess like what what would you call it? Um, not pin up. Uh, I don't know. Smut, I guess, would be the would be the <laughs> like the criticism. Yeah. Well, I Certainly. mean, I'm looking at a Black Widow cover. It's one of those ones where like somehow her. Full breasts and her full ass are on display with the same pose, <laughs> you know, like front facing torso and also ass facing the camera, like she's so twisted yeah, yeah. around. Right, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Well, that's how I got a kidney stone because I was trying, to, <laughs> I was trying to mirror, <laughs> I was trying to mirror that position. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, but that's the rep. I actually don't think those covers are are as bad in that vein. But again, I'm not paying that much attention to them because the book's really good. Yeah. Uh, so oh, yeah, anyway, are easy to easy to. Jim McKay is great. Yep. Um, cool. Friend, friend of the friend of the Herald. Uh, so obviously it has to be outstanding. You know, it is it is fascinating. Like Friends of the Herald, mm-hmm. Zach. Yeah. They they go on to write Detective Comics. They go on to write Fantastic Four. Um, they go on to write Timeless, Marvel's event issues. It's just like it's a good thing to be a friend of the Herald. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did get a an extra large donation on Patreon this month uh, from a Jay McKay, and it said, uh, "Make sure this gets to Dave only," which. Was yeah, yeah. He said this. Uh, he said, he said, said X Men number one. Please send this to Dave. <laughs> it said, "P.S. This is for the shout out on my Rose Year variant cover, nineteen ninety nine, part one." 
yeah, yeah i did yeah, tell it's him weird i didn't really know how to interpret that what it meant um it, it was in code i think but um yeah maybe when you maybe don't you, you know journalistic integrity sort of dictates that you don't set up a pay-to-play scheme um that said if someone <laughs> takes the time to talk to me I'm I'm hucking that book. <laughs> well, I'm you're at least reading it, which is something. Book. Yeah. Well, the truth though is, I only invite people to talk to if I like their stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it really feeds into itself. I've only had a handful of situations where I brought somebody in before I had looked at their work, um, like the specific new thing, mm-hmm. and then when I read it, I was like, "Oh, I actually don't like this." Yeah. Right. Um, that's only happened a couple times, and it's probably pretty clear, despite. Obviously, my best efforts. I do not. I would not tell <laughs> the person I'm interviewing. So why did you write but a failure rare. of a comic? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is rare. Uh, no, I, I just i i've i've perfected i've perfected setting up interviews, Zach. Like I just all I do is I ask people that I really already like their stuff and I want to read more of it, and then I just trap myself in this homework cycle of having to read all these great comics that I wanted to catch up on. It's I, I understand. I understand that like impulse to like force yourself to do it later with a. Via podcasting, because uh, that's what all of my marvelous year is. It's a way to keep me on track uh, to reading Marvel comics. Exactly. Um, exactly. I have a question here. I want to read from Aaron. He writes: You wake up in the main comic universe and need powers because you're being pursu- pursued by angry Slack members. You have one week to prepare. Whose powers and gears do you attempt to steal first? I don't really know what he means by steal. Let's just say what powers. So, do like, you... we're waking up in the Marvel universe is the assumption. Yeah, I guess so. And you need to, you know, you need some powers because you're uh, you're being chased by angry Slack members. I have the answer. Okay, so we're like yeah. uh, we're like mimic the the X Men, mm, and okay. uh, we can steal one person's powers to to take down angry Slack members. Yep, I guess so. Okay, what's your answer? Uh, it's hate monger, easy. Oh, okay. So you turn them all. So your first, <laughs> your first move uh-huh. is to find the reincarnated Adolf Hitler mm-hmm. and take his hate powers. Yeah, and really, really. Why, rev- why this. is this? Well, because I'm on the other side of that so often, you know, like the angry mob is usually directed towards me. The other so, side of Hitler being the place to be. Yeah, I would agree. Let's let's put the Hitler stuff <laughs> to the side, please. Let's focus on the the hate monger. So mm. everyone's so focused on the fact that he's Hitler <laughs> that nobody's focused on the fact that he's hate monger. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I just want I want to feel what it like. It, I want to know what it feels like to have the angry mob fighting for me instead of against me for once. You know. I wanna know what a mob is. <laughs> I want you to show me. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, that's my answer. Uh, only because I read this ahead of time and actually had time to think about it i'm so bad at coming up with these uh spur of the moment okay so if you charlotte would was here their she'd, anger. she'd do a good job you would channel you could have gone psycho man and fully avoided oh i forgot about the that. hitler of it all <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's a choice um that's interesting i i did not think about that at all i thought entirely just of my own escape uh so i went nightcrawler I love Nightcrawler, mm. and I yeah. feel bad about taking his powers, but I would enjoy the ability to teleport, um, and then I could escape pretty easily. My second thought was Sue Storm, the Invisible Woman. Um, it just always kind of been a dream of mine to like be invisible mm-hmm. <laughs> and hide. Um, so you know, and then and then the other piece of that too is I could sing along to Clay Aiken um, and be like, if I was invisible. I would just win American Idol. I wouldn't lose to Ruben. (laughs) I remember uh, being in high school and not watching American Idol. I've never watched uh, that show, but that's the only season I've seen. All the season two that was a that was the big season 
I remember, well, not the big season. They always have big seasons. But um, the uh, all the girls in my high school class were obsessed with Clay Aiken. And I didn't even know. I don't. I had no idea who these people were. I'd never saw it. But uh, me and my friend uh, just pretended to be like on Team Ruben just to rile everybody up. Also, I had no idea who Ruben was. Didn't he win? You've been a contrarian for years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ruben well, that, was good. That, Ruben was the man. He he won though, right? He beat Clay again. He, Ruben won, but yeah. Clay, yeah. I yeah. guess, got because Ruben had one song, which was "My Sorry for 2004," <laughs> um, which was kind of his one moment after American Idol mm-hmm. and Clay's you know definitely had a, a career since then um, although I don't I don't know as a singer so much as as a personality and maybe a politician now I don't know uh, <laughs> that would be very funny we have podcaster <laughs> politicians uh, probably soon one of the McElroy adjacent uh, one of the McElroy wives is, uh, is running for like That's state right. legislature in West Virginia sure so sure. I think that yeah, gives if you were gonna nice, if you were gonna run path, for yeah. political office in your community, mm-hmm. what what would you probably most want to do? Like, do you probably have any ombudsman? Ombudsman? Mm-hmm. Just, bro- just brokering negotiations between whom? Oh, I don't know. It's just kind of a fun name. It is a fun name. Yeah, I agree. I think I would most enjoy being the county forest preserve commissioner. Um, I love trails. I love forest preserves. And I will fight for I will fight for you and those deer. <laughs> uh, did you see this question from Andy? Uh, I'm just... <laughs> yeah. All right. Do you want to finish with that? No. Only if you're curious. I that one and the one below it. Uh, but yeah, I yeah, only no, let's, talk, let's talk about it because it made me laugh. It, it's funny because so Andy asks, "What does Dave like about bulletproof coffins so much?" I know the context to this, which is like a few weeks ago he showed up in the Slack and was like, "Yeah, so I just read Bulletproof Coffin. I didn't like it very much." Why does Dave have this so high on his best comics of all time list? <laughs> so mm-hmm. this this is a explain yourself post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so you know, going back to where we started this, you want to talk about who likes weird indie comics? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> It'd be me. It'd be me. Oh, um, well. So the bulb. Yeah. What matters? I'm who so actually cool. reads the comics, or who gives off the vibe of who reads the comics? Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. If I'm yeah. not selling it, that's on me. Um, so the bulper coffin. Uh, is my 14th, well, I should just say, is the 14th best comic of all time. I have it one position above From Hell, <laughs> the Alan Moore and uh, Kevin O'Neill classic. Um, two spots below Pluto, which we talked about previously. Bulletproof Coffin is written by David Hine, artist Shaky Kane. There's two series. There were five issues of the Bulletproof Coffin. Then there was the Bulletproof Coffin Disinterred. These, are, these probably came out first parts of the 2010s, I'm going to guess. Um, I haven't read it in a long time. The reasons I love the Bulletproof Coffin that I can remember, a lot of superhero meta-narrative stuff. It is strange in all the right ways. Shaky Kane is an amazing artist. I love Shaky Kane's work. Um, And it's just super playful with, like, comics inside of comics, the history of Golden Age books, the history of sci-fi stuff. Um I remember really flipping loving it. <laughs> and uh, if it didn't work for somebody, you know, hey, that, that happens with art sometimes, doesn't it? But judging by these Amazon ratings... Uh, no, people like the that comic. One, you're, they're you're... the only one who didn't like it. So, I don't know. I would, I would try to internalize. Like, why can't why can't you enjoy it? I gotta it? read that. It's been on my, my radar forever. Um, and uh, I gotta check it out. It, it is strange. Great. And, you, you know, it is... It is um, it's probably the weirdest inclusion i have inside like i don't know like the top 50 
really even. Hmm. Uh, it is it's you know probably the one you're least likely to find on other lists. Hmm. I would say. Yeah, I mean it's definitely not everything else you I might find on, on somebody about. else's list um, that is uh, mind management. You have particularly high i know people like that book but that's uniquely high as well it, I, mean, least... I, I actually increased that when i reread it for my matt kinn interview yeah. i had that like seventh and i raised it up to fifth mm. and i i love that book so much yeah um so that that is there's a certain personal like i got into that comic at the right time aspect of it but you know that's always going to be true for any for any personalized list epileptic but, uh, the bulletproof is coffin 30... is probably the smallest epileptic don't even know pretty that. high too uh, what is epileptic is it number 36 on your list that's also pretty un, uh, un- yeah you're probably not going to see that on a ton of yeah no it's great like that, that's, other people's that's lists. Uh, one of the things that, i mean infinite kung fu also I, like i read that based on your recommendation having it so high on your all list. three of these books are flipping great yeah, infinite kung fu is so fun <laughs> um yeah i don't even know if i finished that I, I think i got it from the library but i had blast with what i read of that yeah um okay uh, I think I got one more question. Punk Rock Jesus at 44. Ooh, did you know is, that's being uh, adapted into, a, I think, a an Amazon one. show? Is it? <laughs> yeah, which I can't imagine. I'm... I love that. I absolutely adore that book. Um, so Sean Gordon Murphy has yeah. gone on to, you know, seem like not the coolest dude. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but I did really, really Oh, that's right. That He's the guy. I didn't know. Oh, he lives in Portland, Maine. That's uh, very close to where I was born. Um, that he... explains a lot. Yeah. <laughs> he... Uh, I have no idea what uh, I haven't read any of his like Batman White Knight and all that spinoff stuff. I know he has his own little corner of DC now, but I really I read Punk Rock Jesus based on your list like five, six years ago before you and I even met. Uh, and I really loved it. So. Nice. I think that was the same trip because I read it on vacation. It was the same trip that I read Invincible and uh, and really had a mediocre time with it. Actually, I don't hate Invincible. I think like, I think it's like I read like sixty issues. I wouldn't have done that if if I had absolutely hated it. Um, I just kind of was underwhelmed, I guess. Yeah, I mean that is you know you talk about the vacation. Like there are certain comics where it's like oh I read this on vacation and therefore I had a good time or you know Invincible mm-hmm. I guess not. But um, Bulletproof Coffin I distinctly remember it was like I had the day off for my birthday and I just got to sit and read a comic. Ooh, it's nice. And yeah. like that's a that's a vibe mm-hmm. that goes with that book for me. You know, like that's a memory I have of that experience where I just like, I just got to sit and have fun and was blown away by a comic that I didn't expect to be as great as it was. When a comic just um, like clicks and you're like, I'm going to read yeah. the entire six. Like I read uh, all of Scalped, Jason Aaron Scalped on a little weekend trip Rose and I took uh, and sat and read, I think all 60 issues of that. Man, like, you did not talk to Rose that weekend because <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah. I think, I mean, it was just kind of one of these like relaxing reading vacations. Like we just got an Airbnb and uh, did a lot of reading. You want to guess how many relaxing weekends I've had since we had kids? <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Well, try to guess. Over under like, zero. Uh, under under for sure. Uh, well, seems like maybe you should have not had a child if you wanted to still read comic books all weekend. <laughs> you know what though? You know what though? Yeah, I don't. Is it, are there trade offs for that? I don't. I don't know. If you have kids, uh-huh. you do have to kind of be prepared <laughs> to not to get to do what you want all the time. Yeah, and I know. Unfortunately, I was. Uh, Although I will say, Zach, a night in the hospital alone. Mm-hmm. Ooh, <laughs> you were like, this is great. <laughs> like, what relief. Kind of nice. <laughs> kind of nice. <laughs> uh, no, I'm going to no, make sure no, your I wife hears this episode. Uh, one more question on uh, the thread here. Oh, do you want to read it? Um, okay. We got not Zach asks, oh, sounds like an have either guy. you started watching now they do have the same, uh, doc Ock picture associated with their, 
their um <laughs> but it says right and actually there, now that i now that i mouse over the face this not zach is a dad of three mm-hmm. a patriot <laughs> a scuba enthusiast don't talk to me till i've had my coffee classic logic is my religion pro cougar I, okay I, I think i'd get along with this not zach and ask me about my podcast hashtag hufflepuff <laughs> So well, this, this actually doesn't sound like you. This like actually pre- doesn't sound like you because yeah, you're like a famously pretty, Slytherin. Sounds like a pretty um, cool guy and uh, definitely not Zach. Definitely not Zach. Asks, have either of you started watching Star Trek, the original series lately? And if so, would you talk about it on air? Oh, now, my God. That's so interesting. I have a clarification oh, no. yeah, question. Yeah, Is Star Trek, the original series, just the William Shatner? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It got kind oh, of redubbed, okay. the William Shatner one. Oh, okay. I have not watched it lately, but that is the one I have seen. Oh, what a, um, what a so strange, to talk it's a about coincidence, though, because I just started watching it yesterday. That's so strange that someone would ask, oh, us, okay. yeah. uh, ask us to talk about it on the podcast. Uh, yeah, I've never watched an episode of it in my life, the original series. Never I, seen Star Trek until yesterday. Never seen any of the original series until yesterday. Yeah. I've seen a lot of The Next Generation as a kid. Oh, okay. Uh, and that's it. That's the only like series I've seen. Um my dad, my dad was a big Star Trek guy. He re- he watched the original show. He watched Next Generation and uh, I think Voyager and Deep Space Nine. Like he loved Star Trek. Yeah, yeah, he was in. He was in it, and he I for some reason Deep Space Nine and Voyager. I would like walk out of the room. I wasn't interested. But <laughs> <laughs> how dramatic? <laughs> well, not. I mean, not not like a, you know, make a a point of being like I'm leaving. <laughs> But, Did you, know, you like just, throw down the remote and go play like I watched, some Evanescence? I watched a in lot of Next Generation uh, between him and my mom. They both watched a lot of it uh, separately <laughs> in, in their separate homes. Um, yeah, yeah, and I would watch it with both of them. And uh, for some reason, I never. But the second your dad put on Voyager, you were like, "I'm tired of being what you want me to be, <laughs> feeling so faithless." Under the oh I, put in, I put in that one clip of you singing. The last episode, and uh, it's gone straight to your head. I'm cutting all this out every time you sing in this episode. Anyway, I uh, I just started watching Star Trek, the original series yesterday. I watched the first two episodes, the original unaired pilot, and then the actual pilot. It's fun. Mm-hmm. It's a really fun show. Um, and yeah. if mostly this is a, turning into a Slack advertisement. Uh, I plan on chatting about these in the Slack as I watch them, doing just writing up about it as I'm watching them. So if you want to come talk Star Trek, there's a bunch of people who are into it already. Um, and I've watched it. My dad, my dad was it. also an OG Star Trek fanatic, so we watched uh, a bunch of those with him. At once, I was a bit older, and uh, I had a great time. It's, I, I mean, they're, they're hokey, the but at the same time, like I don't know, they balance the like the silly, Not overly hokey. No, I mean, like I guess some, some of, of that, it lands. But... Like some of it lands, like as you know, real fun sci-fi stories and emotional beats. Like there's there's a moment in the unaired pilot where he's captured by these ridiculous brain aliens who are like mentally controlling the captain yeah and to torture him the uh they send him to well he starts writhing in pain like his brain is hurting him and then it cuts to him just in a literal hell like he's wallowing in the mud while flames are burning around him in a cave uh and it just shows that he's in hell and i'm like it's tv in 1968 like right it's kind of dark uh and then the aliens are like you know a myth from your people's past (laughs) which is also like a nice little uh, a slam on religion there um there are, there are moments like that throughout star trek it it kind of it's the experience for me where I, when i watched twin peaks mm-hmm. for the first time you know in yeah. the 2010s or whatever and i was like this aired on cbs <laughs> right like, i know and was, was and was popular TV. like people love this yeah, show yeah yeah right yeah 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 i mean also the main thrust of that uh-huh, 
uh, first episode is that these aliens are like, have sex in front of us. And he's like, no, I won't. <laughs> I, I resist yeah. having sex in front of you. And they're like, all right, we'll go find you another woman. <laughs> what about this one? And he's like, no, I, I absolutely will not have sex in front of you. And that's the uh, the main peril of the <laughs> first episode. <laughs> right. It's, it's very funny. Just pervy aliens. That's yeah. great. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a fun time. I'm enjoying it. And uh, if you want to come hang out in the Slack while we chat Star Trek, I decided I'm just going to become a Star Trek guy. I'm going to watch all the all the Star Treks. <laughs> oh, and the, a fun little thing that I just found out is, I don't know, the do you know about the pilot that doesn't have Kirk? It's like a different captain. I do not, no. So they originally filmed a pilot that was like a different crew. Spock, I think, is the only one who's in both. But it's like two women and a different doctor, um, male doctor. And uh, and a different captain, Christopher Pike. And then, like, the network rejected it. And then a year later, they're like, yeah, make another pilot. We'll we'll try it again. (laughs) And they just let them try it again. And then it became the Star Trek that we all know with uh, with the actual crew. Doesn't Pike in the movie? Pike's, like, his commander in the movie? Is that a callback to Mm, that? It might be. I'm not positive. In the the J.J. Abrams. Yeah, maybe. I'm not sure. But I just found out the Star Trek, there's a new show, Strange New Worlds out with yeah. Anson Mount the guy who plays back Black Bolt and he and that famously played Black Bolt. <laughs> well I mean I guess Hell on Wheels is probably more popular but we our audience probably knows him as Black Bolt um and uh Anson Mount is playing this same guy from this unaired pilot which did eventually air like people saw this thing and it's like this crew uh is now like part of the new oh, show okay. which people so really like he... the show uh, Strange yeah, New World that. Good buzz. Yeah, it's. It, I, I mean, I think it was canon. It got like folded in late. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Because, but it's funny because uh, watching this 1967 show, this guy looks remarkably like Anson Mount. The casting is spot on. Like mm. he is this guy with this big, strong chin. This kind of like serious beef boy. Um, and uh, they look really similar. It's it's very fun casting. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, I'm a Star Trek guy now. I uh, don't care about Marvel Comics anymore. Uh, this is going to turn into a Star Trek <laughs> podcast. Asterisk never did. Um, <laughs> I do. Uh, I do. I'm always game for more Star Trek. I'm not a. I'm not a Star Trek fanatic, but I love that OG series. Mm. Um, I've generally had a fun time with the movies. Uh, definitely not really keeping up with the more recent ones. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm always when there's new shows drop. I'm like. I, I like wouldn't drop everything to go watch it, but if somebody's like, "Hey, we have an hour. Do you want to watch an episode?" I'd always be like, "Yeah, probably." Well, I've heard probably good things too. about Strange New Worlds, the new one. Uh, people seem to really yeah. like. And, I wanted uh, to catch up on on the next generation, um, so I watched like the first maybe like five, and then I just kind of faded out. Well, I, reasons, I mean, I think but I, I really need to do that. The thing about Next Generation, I think it starts out really weak. Um, I know, like the common, you know, agreement on that is that like the first season is like almost skippable uh that you should just jump should over jump it. ahead yeah, yeah that like there's a point later on where it's like starts getting really solid and those, those old shows you know they're episodic um rather than like serialized so it's pretty easy to jump around i'm not it, people say the same thing about the original series um right now i'm having a good time with it so like if i ever get bored maybe i'll go find one of those episode guides and jump around but for now I'm, yeah i don't really remember like continuity that builds on itself aside from just getting no definitely and all that definitely stuff. not in the 60s uh, i mean yeah. at, at most they would have like two episodes in a row that you know we're back to back uh to be continued or you know someone leaves in an episode and that's it they'd be gone but it wouldn't be uh, much more than that mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Anyway, Star Trek. Uh, oh, and uh, soccer update. Uh, our team, San Diego. <laughs> just to talk about this a little bit. San Diego Wave is probably going to be in the playoffs. Well, they're almost definitely going to be in the playoffs. And Chicago, I think, is fighting for their lives this weekend to get into the playoffs. So maybe oh, yeah? your team and my team will be facing off. We'll see. I'll let okay. you know if that happens, Dave. I'm looking forward to they, it. They I beat us does. last time, though, I think. The, uh, the yeah, second time we faced them. It's all that Italian beef they're eating. Well, you like charges them up all right good stuff okay so next time on my marvelous year we are going to be talking about um some x-men crossovers it's gonna be 99 part three we're gonna oh yeah this is a marvel podcast i forgot about and magneto war Mm. and then part four is going to be earth x Ooh, which uh charlotte and i talked a ton about earth x i just want to say to people go read earth x please uh earth x read all the comics on the list well, maybe you can it's, probably. It's the whole I, I skipped next episode. I didn't read these X Men things, and I'm I'm happy in my day to day life. <laughs> um, now I just want to say because Earth X, like I feel it's out of continuity. It's long. Uh, it's heavy. Like there's a lot there's a lot of writing to it, and it demands your attention for sure. Um, mm. But I, it's worth it. It's really really worth it. Um, we really liked it enough that I finished the episode and then immediately had like eight more thoughts that I want to bring up in the next variant cover. And Charlotte and I actually, Dave wasn't on that episode, but uh, we do want to hear you talk about it a little bit on the next variant. Yeah. So I think next variant will be a She-Hulk season finale recap mm-hmm. or full season recap. And then we can maybe talk a little Earth X leftover thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I'm, I'm very so. curious how you, you know, what you think of the, the series. Cause, uh, at the time, it was... It's the most excited I've heard you about a Marvel book. I mean, certainly for the entirety of the 90s. No, I, I mean, um, I, like, I criticized Black Panther a lot, but I really liked Black Panther. I was very hungry for it. But yeah, no, I mean, it's a Which comic one? we finished. The Marvel Knights? Hmm? The Marvel Knights? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like that. The priest. You like that more than Earth X? No, but, like, I was very excited about it. You just seem more excited about Earth X than, yeah, than the yeah, rest yeah. of the stuff. It does, some, it does some really interesting stuff. And uh, and it's a comic, like, once I finished, I was, like, thinking about for several days. And I kept having thoughts about it and being like, oh, that was, like, really cool. And, like, I want to read it again. Like, I think it rewards multiple readings. And also a slower reading. Uh, give it some time. Because <laughs> I tried to read this in a morning. And it took me, like, four It's pretty and a- thick, yeah. Four and a half hours, something like that, for like 13 Whoa. issues. It took a long time because it's a comic you need to read everything. There's no skim in this comic. If you skim, you will get lost. Uh, yeah. And and even then, I skimmed, like, there's a lot of back matter to it, and I started skimming that, and I still took took forever to read this comic. So, hmm. yep. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all. Earth X. Pretty cool. Earth X. All right. Cool. This is going to do it for the variant cover. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Dave. You can find my stuff at Comic Book Herald. Uh, music for the show is by Disaster Peace. You can find social for My Marvelous Year at My Marvelous Year on Twitter and Instagram. Like, subscribe, share, rate, and review. Um, donate to local charities and uh, be kind. See you next year. Oh, see you next year. <laughs> uh-huh.